Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Croc Time Podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today's episode will delve deep into Pemex, Mexico's state-owned oil company. We will go over Pemex, its operations, its indebtedness, and how it represents big risks for the Mexican government and economy. We will also cover Mexico's broader oil industry and its history. Ready? Great, so let's cut to the chase. Mexico first struck oil near Tampico along the Gulf of Mexico in 1876. During the early 20th century, Mexico experienced an oil boom and became an important supplier to Europe during and after the First World War. Tampico became the chief oil exporting port of the Americas and its great profits were invested in the city's famous architecture. From 1918 and into the 1920s, Mexico was the second largest petroleum producer in the world after the United States and led the world in oil exports. Production and exports peaked between 1921 and 1925 but declined shortly thereafter. During the 1930s, Mexican oil output fell to just 20% of its 1921 levels. The reasons of this dramatic fall are related to the Great Depression, a lack of new oil discoveries, increased taxation, political instability, and Venezuela's emergence in the oil industry. Production did recover somewhat from 1932 onwards with the discovery of the Poza Rica field, near Veracruz, which became Mexico's main source of petroleum for decades. By this time, all companies working in the Mexican oil industry were foreign. Labor practices were non-existent and workers rarely benefited from the massive oil profits. Some labor unions did manage to form and in 1938 a massive strike was initiated. The government of President Lazaro Cardenas at the time sided with the oil workers for an increase in pay and social services. In the same year, the president embarked on the state expropriation of all oil resources and facilities, nationalizing all the US, British and Dutch oil companies operating in Mexico. Cardenas then established Pemex, which stands for Petróleos Mexicanos which became the country's state-owned petroleum company. Many foreign governments closed their markets to Mexican oil as a response. However, when the Allies desperately needed more petroleum during World War II, the boycott was quickly dropped. In the decades after, Pemex developed into one of the largest oil companies in the world. Between 1928 and 1971, Mexico's oil production expanded at a stable rate. But in 1957, Mexico became a net oil importer because of increasing domestic demand. The 1970s are when things started to take off. In 1973, Mexican oil production surpassed the levels last seen in the early 1920s. And the year after, Pemex made big discoveries in Veracruz, in the region of Tabasco, along the Gulf of Mexico, and in Baja California and Chiapas, other Mexican regions. 
The high oil prices during the 1970s led to significant developments of Mexico's oil production, with a big boost in the offshore Gulf of Mexico. Mexico's proven oil reserves increased exponentially and they invested billions in refining and production capabilities. The Cantarell field, a supergiant offshore oil field, was discovered in 1976 and still is one of the largest in the world. Mexican oil production exploded during the decade, increasing by almost 10 times. In the following decades, Mexican oil production continued to grow by a smaller degree until the mid-2000s. However, problems within the industry started to emerge already in the 1970s. While Pemex was the motor of the Mexican economy, successive governments from the 1970s onwards viewed the company as a cash cow. In fact, the government wanted to milk Pemex to death. From the 1980s onwards, governments preferred to maximize production and government revenue rather than reinvest the proceeds into new or expanding production. For these reasons, no new important discoveries have been made since the 1980s. In addition, successive governments imposed very high taxes on Pemex, limiting its ability to invest. They also forced the company to take decisions that were not always in their best interests. For these reasons, Pemex never truly developed a good gas exploration unit, and its petrochemicals operations are still highly underdeveloped. One former member of Pemex's board described the relationship between the state and the company as a marriage full of problems. Mexican oil production peaked in 2004 and has steadily fallen ever since. In fact, production now, in 2023, is half of its 2004 highs. From a peak of almost 3.5 million barrels of oil per day, the country is now producing only 1.7 million. Pemex's problems only got worse during the 2010s. Enrique Peña Nieto, president of Mexico between 2012 and 2018, tried to shake up the energy sector. He tried to make Pemex more independent and opened up the Mexican oil industry to private companies. This led to a few new discoveries during the period, but Pemex, which already had a very high debt burden, increased its debt by $45 billion between 2012 and 2018, from $61 billion to $106. Pemex's security problems and controversies only got worse during the decade. First of all, Pemex's safety standards had never been good. In fact, in 1984, one of its liquefied petroleum gas storage facilities near Mexico City blew up and killed over 500 people and injured 7,000. This was one of the world's deadliest industrial accidents in history. During the 2010s, things only got worse. In September of 2012, one of its gas plants along the US border exploded, killing 30 people. 
In January 2013, an explosion at its administrative offices in Mexico City killed another 37 people. Another explosion in April of 2016 led to the deaths of 28 people. And I'm not even mentioning the smaller fires that only killed a few people during the years. In January 2019, a massive pipeline explosion killed at least 137 people. Hundreds of people were gathered around an illegal pipe drain to steal fuel with buckets and small containers when the pipeline exploded. Corruption is another major problem that has grown over the years. Pemex was directly involved in the Odebrecht scandal, in which a Brazilian construction giant paid millions of dollars in bribes to secure contracts. A former head of Pemex is now in prison for this. Now that we got all that out of the way, let's move over to the current situation of Pemex. Pemex is now the second largest company in all of Latin America, surpassed only by Petrobras, Brazil's national oil company. But how is it doing? Political challenges have continued in recent years. Since becoming president of Mexico in 2018, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, AMLO for short, has focused on trying to resuscitate the company and bring it back to its former glory. One of AMLO's key industrial projects included building new oil refiners in the state of Tabasco. No need to mention that Tabasco is the president's home state, of course. AMLO also wants to make Mexico self-sufficient in oil and increase its production by 45%. To do all of this, the president has reduced the company's tax rate from 65% in 2018 to 35% for 2024 and has injected over $73 billion into the company. AMLO has also limited the number of private sector companies that can operate in Mexico's oil industry. In recent years, Pemex is experiencing both positive and negative results. Let's go over the positives first. Production has recovered somewhat and has been increasing slightly from 2019 onwards. This could signal that a bottom in Mexico's oil production is now behind us. The company's debt has also fallen around $10 billion from its highs in 2021 to 2022. It still sits over $100 billion though. In addition, the company surprisingly made a profit in 2022 because of high oil prices. Mexico has also managed to decrease its dependence on Pemex in general. The country's manufacturing base has been growing steadily for decades, and oil now accounts for only 16% of government revenues. Despite these good results, we also have to highlight the bad ones. Pemex suffers from a lack of expertise and knowledge for offshore deep water production, and by limiting other companies in the industry, Pemex will continue to fall behind. The country's aging oil fields continue to see production plummet, and Pemex 
hasn't made any major discoveries in decades. Mexico is now dependent on the US for natural gas, as Mexico's natural gas production has fallen over the years. Pemex does have refiners which desperately need improvements, but for some strange reason AMLO decided to build new ones from scratch. This new refiners project, which began in 2019, has seen massive cost overruns and its opening continues to be postponed. Government policy has clearly been a disaster. Pemex has had to cut back on its employees, ridding the company from talent, while its pension costs have ballooned. It continues to suffer from poor safety standards and accidents, while its refiners operate at very low capacity utilization rates. The company's credit rating was downgraded by Fitch in July of 2023 because of its debt, which is equivalent to 8% of the country's GDP. In September of 2023, Pemex informed the government that it was unable to pay $500 million to three suppliers. The company represents a massive problem for the future of the country. The need for continued cash injections into a failing company are straining Mexico's finances and dragging the country's energy prospects backwards. The company continues to fail to tackle its problems and the government's medicines have just worsened the situation. It is hard to see what role Pemex should play in a modern Mexico. So what can we expect from the company in the near future? Current polls for next year's election in 2024 in which AMLO can't run, show that his protege, Claudia Scheinbaum, from the ruling Morena party, is expected to easily win. She is the ex-mayor of Mexico City and is a strong supporter of AMLO's energy policies, so she will likely continue to support the company. However, she is also an environmental engineer, and she will certainly focus more on clean energy. Pemex, in fact, struggles with a lack of expertise and knowledge in the clean energy industry, so we will see how that plays out. Handling the current situation of Pemex will be tough. Refinancing its debt will be impossible and the company's lack of diversification is a major risk. We will see what Miss Scheinbaum can do if and when she wins next year's election. One thing is for sure, Mexico's energy challenges will persist for years to come. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Crock Time. Please leave a review and follow me wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.